0: Guy, hey,
1: boy, hey. I don't know. All he talks about is Back in two weeks, we're going to try to do it at least 50% local talent. When I say local, I mean you can get to them within one tank of gas, or one charge of your electric car. Within your reach, people you can hear every week. Drive, see them, catch the bus, train, yay! Hello out there, this is Jello Biafra. If you're tired of the OCA, Walt Disney, Westinghouse, General Electric, and police departments telling you what you should listen to, stay tuned in to KBOO Portland, listener-sponsored, non-commercial community radio, 90.7 on your FM dial unless your FM was made in America. These are the final days of KBOO's Volume 2 All Thrills, No Frills Special Programming Campaign, wrapping up with a full day of live music. Saturday, March 25th, KBOO's annual Bluegrass Marathon will be held at the historic Multnomah Grange 71 in Gresham. Go to kboo.fm slash bluegrass23 for ticket info. Tune in or join us in person for the 2023 Bluegrass Marathon on March 25th. And get your exclusive limited edition 2023 Bluegrass Marathon t-shirt at kboo.fm slash bgshirt. You're listening to KBL Portland, ninety point seven on your FM dial. This is Talking Earth. I am Patrick Bocard, board op and occasional host of Talking Earth. Tonight, we welcome you to Talking Earth's World Poetry Day special. In this half-hour segment, we feature Kurt Schweigman, and Aglala, please jump in if I butcher this, because I am. (laughs) Suchangu. Suchangu, Lakota, born and raised in South Dakota, currently residing in Sonoma County, California. In the past, he performed under the non diplume lukewarm water. Kurt has been awarded literary grants for his poetry, won a bunch of poetry slam competitions, and toured extensively across the United States and Europe. He has been published in several literary, literary journal and, journals and poetry anthologies, and also self-published nine poetry chapbooks. Is that correct? It's nine? Kurt, yeah, or? I
0: actually had to go back and count. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he is co-editor of red indian road west native american poetry from california and his poetry appears in shedding skins for sioux poets his bilingual poetry book roots define the reach of my branches will be published by gilgamesh press in the summer of
0: 2023 yes uh
1: in italy <laughs> and it, oh yes it, it's being published in, and well it'll yeah the italian press Confluences of Solitude your new work your new book is now out on Mitote Press I'm probably mispronouncing that too uh, Mitote Mitote Press Mytote. Yeah. I would like to thank publisher Michael Burton for getting this uh, Talking Earth event started and for helping to set everything up and now we're going to hear from Kurt Schweigman formerly known as lukewarm water uh-huh. and the first question i have for those especially for those of you who remember you when you were reading in portland a lot back in the early aughts why did you why the change back from lukewarm water what was that about
0: oh yeah well first of all i want to thank all the listeners out there uh in Kabuland land and uh yeah, fond memories of the early aughts, uh, living in Portland, and yeah, I I had uh, changed the Luke Warm water name back to anything I do with uh, publishing, performing, reading, whatever thing, anything to do back to my birth name, and. The Luke name I held on to for 18 years. <laughs> so when I started uh, with poetry, I, I quickly moved on with that nom de plume uh, before moving to Portland. You know, I am native, and uh, you know, I, I I felt that you know it was just I I do take poetry seriously, but at the at the same time, I, I I'm not from that literary ilk. I was kind of raised on the open mic circuit and, and learning from my peers and you know not not academically taking literature in that way so I it was just kind of a tongue-in-cheek way of just kind of having a, a fun name and, and a lot of the material was uh, you know either uh, overt or covert kind of humor I tried to add in a lot of my pieces and uh, with that Luke name and having it for 18 years a few years ago I think maybe five or six years ago or so Uh, while living in Oakland. uh, I I had still used that name of Luke and and did events and and readings and whatnot. And then it just occurred to me that, you know, I wanted to move on from the name and just revert back to, you know, my birth name because my material had shifted in a way and it's in in the poetry over the years is, is kind of like a diary, you know, it's kind of like a a self-reflection as a writer. So I found myself, you know, as I grew growing older (laughs) and uh, you know, my, my young daughter now is an older daughter and, you know, life dynamics are quite different And but I kind of came more into myself as far as kind of moving away from that while being here in California for Almost over 17 years now, I guess, uh, and, and mostly in the Bay Area now, living in Sonoma County, uh, about an hour north of San Francisco. So I, I, I just felt like my writing, I, it was, it, it changed in, in, a, in a way that is more thoughtful. In a sense that the subject matters that I choose are, are different. Maybe they're a, a, a bit, uh, they're different because <laughs> my life is different in, a, in, in a lot of ways. So I would just say that. You know, moving back to my name, just is that transition and trying to grow as a writer. and putting the Luke years, I like to say like uh, the Luke name turned eighteen, so it's an illegal. It's not illegal, but maybe illegal.
1: <laughs> a <laughs> legal
0: adult, uh, it can't vote, but it can. You know, it can go out on, on its own. It, Luke Luke Walmart can live on with uh, perhaps other artists and, and other artists and in, in references to that name are. Are certainly there, but uh they're fond memories. But I, you know, I want to evolve and grow as a writer and performing and reading and and so forth. So, but the the style of my storytelling in poetry that always is with me. That's just hardwired. So, Patrick, I know you you had read you know quite a few of the poems in the new book, and and so yeah. and Patrick, you you know you knew me back in Portland in the early aughts, and it's i think still that same style and i so the luke name just really um i don't know i just i felt it just it wasn't and it wasn't like i woke up one morning and said oh, i'm gonna get rid of it i just thought about it for a long time and i started like submitting uh poetry and and being part of this anthology for california native poets and i thought you know i'm I'm gonna use my birth name and and just so it, it, it you know kind of happened over weeks or few short months that i just kind of transitioned to to let it go and just you know go back to my real name
1: <laughs> you have new styles though a little bit you still i mean you write in a narrative manner mm-hmm. but i mean it seems some of the the works are prose poems oh yes yeah. and then some of them look like the at first i thought they were prose poems, but then i realized no there are lines that are broken it's just really long lines yeah, not super long, like a, you know what Ginsburg was doing, but like yeah, they're solid long lines, and it, narrative nar- narrative is a big part of your your aesthetic.
0: Yes. Oh, thank you, Patrick. Yeah, I that just comes natural for me. I think I, I I don't know how to explain it. I just evolved to that, and I would say with this new book is there's a lot of effort and thought that went into it with the previous chat books you know I'd, I'd you know maybe give them a once or twice over and i'd say they're done okay let's get it to the printer and <laughs> bind them and, and just move forward this one was really uh a lot of effort you know certainly michael burton really i have to thank him certainly first off because i you know i wasn't really submitting poems out for journals as much as i would just it would, they would just come to me, so I would type them out and I would email them to Michael and a and a handful of friends, you know, just just a very few people, just you know, just to see what they think and just for entertainment value. So after a few years of doing this, you know, I wasn't quite really pro- prolific, but Michael came to me and asked, you know, hey, I think, all you know, all the poems you've been sending, you know, you, you have enough material here to to put a book together. So I looked back and and I didn't, but. In, in late last year when when i kind of i really agreed to okay michael let's go for this and and try for a book uh with the new poems new material so i in a short amount of time i, I had to become quite prolific and, and then that that also came natural at the same time parallel i kind of moved away from poetry because for gosh for over a couple decades now I i wanted to write this novel and so i started writing that uh, about a year ago We're really diving into it And doing the research in that And so that's a different topic And I'll, I'll talk about
1: that later But Sitting Bull in Paris
0: Yes, yes Sitting Bull in Paris is the title There's a short story from it That I've submitted to literary journals recently That is basically really a It's a fiction But it's a contemporary and historical fiction So the protagonist in that story Interacts with Sitting Bull in a way that it is in contemporary time, but Sitting Bull himself is past, you know, in, in the late 1800s, right? So in, in, in a sense that I wanted to get the history correct. So I've been doing a lot of research, going to the library, checking out, you know, books about Sitting Bull, the Wild West show when he was part of that briefly, you know, with his flight to Canada after... Uh, uh, the Battle of Greasy Grass, where General Custer was killed, and the Seventh Cavalry—you know—so his years in Canada. So I really wanted to intertwine this, even though it's fiction, but making it a historically as accurate as possible. So in writing this kind of these this short story, and in in the research and in writing things down into this towards this novel, that helped me kind of really create and set aside topics for poems that that lended itself to set the novel aside a bit and then just get more ideas for to fill in the book so the narrative style really comes from i think that exercise in 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 writing a first time novel and i and and i must say it's much more challenging than poetry i'm finding (laughs) uh poetry I, i feel like i can get away with a little bit more things but this book confluence of solitude I got a, I got really good help too, and, and and I I have to give thanks to Bruce Henderson, who is in uh, he lives near uh, Pismo Beach. I met him many years ago, and he, he is a retired uh, California State University professor that taught in Irvine, and he brought me in to to do a reading there many many years ago. Anyway, he we stayed in touch, and and he really you know he really helped me craft a, a lot of the book. And we went back and forth. So I can definitely say for all the nine chapbooks I did, I put in more work to really fine tune and craft this in a way that really brings more strength to my narrative style, as you say, but they're not just one, one style of narrative, as you've probably seen in the topics of poems, you know, I, they, they vary greatly. So the, the main topics are, you know, kind of recalling my upbringing in south dakota and like in my indian neighborhood where i grew up and kind of the dynamic with the reservation visiting the res and you know just just that dynamic of youth and then and then kind of more things recently like you know living in the bay area california and and that kind of that dynamic and and some of my travels to europe while touring europe for poetry and and whatnot and but also too, uh, these past few years, I've been going down to uh, Baja California Sur in Mexico, uh, you know, Los Cabos and that area, La Paz. And, and so I, I'd make a trip about every year, even during the pandemic, I'd still go down. So I was greatly influenced kind of by by that. And, and that, you know, might be a final destination for me in my future <laughs> okay. uh, to to retire or fake retire or however I can get by. but. You know, I, I just really love it. I just feel like an energy there that that uh, is is really great. So the the book really you know kind of contains some of that dynamic of, of the experience of that, and and I love the travel, and and so I you know it's everything is brand
1: new and fresh. There's just a lot of that in the book. Of yeah, the poems I read. There's a lot of that. Before we get back to Kurt Kurt and his and his poetry that he's going to be reading in just seconds, hopefully, I'd like to remind you to support talking earth and kibu so please go to kboo.fm slash give and support support kibu during its current pledge drive and now kurt do you want to read a read a poem out of the book yeah sure this one is
0: titled untitled prairie hotchkiss guns smoldered burnt gunpowder barrels still warm as the generals nodded in stern approval tall prairie blades of grass still remember that unmistakable whistling sound of passing bullets even if history forgot his genetic memory faded as he pushed in the clutch shifted gears accelerated onto speeding freeway windows rolled down wind tossing his long dark hair in all direction of endless possibilities reminiscing his own past to taste Lakota fry bread dipped in warm choke cherry pudding, to drive slow without traffic, caress firm brown breasts, admire curvature of earth, laughing at risk, the untamed fun. A distant recollection he left far behind, home of South Dakota. Oh well, the sun and ocean, the life is here now in California. We'll return home when they bury him among the memory of tall prairie grass
1: (laughs) that is one of the poems that's not a prose poem (laughs) those those lines aren't super long but i i wanted to ask you choke cherry what is that i don't know that Uh,
0: it's uh it's in lakota it's called warjapi it's it's okay. like uh, you use fresh berries. My mom used to make my aunties, and you know, as far back as I can remember, grand, grand grandmothers, you know, they they would pick the choke cherries or any kind of berries, you know, in in the spring, and then and in it, you you make it. Uh, it's heated, and then you you add sugar, and then and then it and it makes it into a pudding, and so you make the fry bread, which is you know not not a traditional. Indian food per se, but it kind of became that because of the commodity food and flour and <laughs> things yeah. like that from commodities. So so when you get the hot, you know, the 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 fry bread out of the oil and you have this warm chokecherry pudding, and then you, you just dip it into this, you know, sugary mix of pudding and, and and eat it. And oh, just it's it's amazing. And I I miss that. I uh, uh, my daughter and I try to make uh our attempts at fry bread. <laughs> but uh, you know, not as great as my mom's. But uh uh I haven't tried uh uh the uh uh yet. Uh that's something I, I think we need to try to make. But uh yeah. So it's just a you know more it, it is a cultural kind of food in a way, but but more contemporary. But you know it's been around for decades. So
1: yeah. yeah. And I just was kind of it's nice detail. I mean it's like and it's also yeah it, like you it gives you a sense of place as well as uh the culture and and the displacement i guess of the culture of the character going from one place to another
0: mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, i could share another one that's a bit kind of a narrative
1: sure whichever whatever one you want to read um uh, yeah go go for it
0: okay so this one is written in a style like uh i don't want to give too much away but i i wrote it in with intent as a uh, like a news article you'd read in a, well, they don't really print news. I guess they still print newspapers, but <laughs> yeah. they get their news on 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 our smartphones now. This one's called "American Bison Demand Removal from Terrorist List." Washington D.C. Representatives from various buffalo herds across the Great Plains converged on Capitol Hill for a rally in support of their freedom rights as American Bison. Yes. I agree we have gotten bad press from rare isolated attacks on Yellowstone tourists and Sturgis bikers, but we were provoked by stupid humans, said Brutus, a buffalo from South Dakota with ancestral lineage as far back as a settlement of the West. How do you justify the senseless slaughter of us in the millions more than 100 years ago to near extinction just to build railroads and create farmland? Yet you call us terrorists, Brutus added... That you cannot judge an orchard by a few bad apples and that buffalo are docile creatures but get angry when petted he went on to highlight their positive contributions as sport team mascots and a healthy yet delicious alternative to beef (laughs) (laughs) yeah
1: and that is one of those pros balls
0: (laughs) yeah yeah i found
1: that very amusing
0: yeah that that was fun to write it just kind of give a twist on uh you know uh yeah i i i i I you know i want to mention that you know he passed on now a few years but one of the greatest inspirations that really got me into poetry way back in the 90s um like kind of the early mid 90s was the uh paiute poet uh adrian c lewis and reading his stuff it it really felt I felt like he was, it, it was writing from an Indian for Indians. Obviously, you know during that time too. I I, I know he influenced you know the, the great writer Sherman Alexie, and of course I read his thing too. And not to take anything away from him, he's an amazing writer. But it always felt like he was writing for the mass audience, and I don't consciously try to write for either. But when I when I I just felt a more of a connection with uh, uh, Adrian Lewis. Is his poetry and in his books, and because it seemed like he he was at a really a level that I could really connect with, and and it felt like it was it was absolutely genuine. Me starting to write was just for my it helped me find my way to have my own experience and tell it in my own way, and to be true to myself and in the way I tell it, right. So, but you know he he had this uh was it wild animals and other creatures he had this book where all these animals on the res, you know, they're like humans. Right. So they kind of like come to life. So I, I don't know if I consciously thought of that in, in, in that poem, but (laughs) it was just a, it was just a weird take. I go like, wow, you know, why can't bison, because you know, you'd see in the news every now and then like, Oh, some, some, uh, some, some biker in the black Hills tried to go up and get a picture next to a buffalo and it like gores them. Or it's like some, tourist in yellowstone tries to like go out and pet it you know and yeah <laughs> and go like you know it's not a cow <laughs> it, it's a wild creature right so i thought you know it's getting this bad press from it, 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 of the ones you read patrick is there anyone that that you want to talk about or, or, or... are
1: well that one I, I wrote i wrote some of them down and i wrote like uh the note behind uh american bison demand removal from terrorist terrorist list was prose pro, prose poem hilarity <laughs> again i would like to remind everyone that they can support kboo by going to kboo.fm give and clicking on a button to give to support kboo and talking earth and we're going to get back to kurt schregman's poetry is there one you want to want to read or i do have ideas but uh Go ahead. Good, you let were me know. There a bunch of them that I like. Do you want to read one of the painter ones? Which ones? You had a couple about painting, about painters, oh, and going yeah. into and that was kind of about travel as well. Or if you want to read something of your, you know, that you want to get in, that's great too.
0: Yeah, let me. Uh, I'll, I'll do the this one. It's so uh, Caravaggio is the title. Wow. In dark spaces of large churches in central Rome reside massive paintings by Caravaggio, smaller sizes in the well-lit Galleria Borghese, relevancy from over 400 years ago, capturing the seedy underbelly of life with religious experiences of divinity intertwined therein sins of man, God's redemption, within grit of existence in the human condition. Conversion on the way to Damascus, Saul fallen nearly trampled by his horse as he lay on the ground, arms outreached to the sky, Lord asking him why he persecutes. Sick young, young sick Bacchus, jaundiced skin holding rotting grapes, decadence taking its toll even for a young man. David with the head of Goliath, the title says it all. David's sword is inscribed in Latin with humility kills pride. Caravaggio's severed head is that of Goliath. Witnessing those paintings and others in person, I relish beyond capable of describing in words this experience more than can be comprehended, viewing in a glossy art book, watching in a documentary, or even in a prayer to God. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, my last year in, European trip, I was invited to Rome and uh did a couple gigs there and they wanted to have a day for me after i did the two gigs and uh to take me around you know kind of central the market and they wanted to show oh really great hosts just beautiful people amazing food as you can imagine oh my gosh it, it, it's just oh you know it's decadent but just oh, I, I nothing can compare to it that i can get in the states anyway so he said what do you want to do you know where do you want to go to something you want to see you know do you you want to go to the, you know? And I, I said, hey, I, you know, I'm a huge fan of Caravaggio, you know, the, the bad boy painter from way back when. And and uh, can, can you take me to the, the churches? I, I already took a tour to the Borghese and, and seen some of his artwork there and, and his other amazing artworks. But yeah, so they took me around, you know, Central Rome to these uh, churches and, and it's just massive paintings, you know, just wow, like 20, 20 feet tall, you know? And yeah, they're just incredible so you know that, that that was fun to to recall that and experience that there and and I, I maybe since I'm having the other book published it's kind of a selected and new poems book, a shorter book in a series of uh, international poets and they translate to their local language as well as Italian that will come out later this year so maybe late in the year. I, I'm planning to return in, you know, in support of that book and, and do readings. I, I assume in Rome. I don't know where else in Italy, but I must say, touring England, Germany, in, in, in reading in Rome, you know, poetry, it, it, it's it's looked upon as more of a, it, it has more of a draw than than the U.S. and and uh, I'm not comparing it to 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 jazz in a way of, of of performance but i i i understand that now why jazz musicians felt more appreciated in europe during yeah. you know during during a time where us it's you know hey it's you know rock and roll is the new thing and jazz got pushed aside and you know the progression of music but you know certainly i did a lot of gigs there and some were not well attended but some that were promoted well Wow. I mean, last time in Rome each of the gigs had 70s, 80 people, and another one had like 50 or so. You know, so it was like they, they treat you like a rock star, and then they, <laughs> you know, it's 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 great. And I, I always love that in 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 going to Europe and generally speaking, it's just it's more of an appreciation, but uh not a hundred percent of the time, not every venue, but compared to the US. I mean, the US does well in some venues, but just wanted to share that
1: <laughs> <laughs> you, you've been listening to Kirk Schraigman read his poetry from his, his new book Confluences of Solitude on my toady press Mi-tote. I I my <laughs> tote my tote one of these days I will get it correctly sorry Michael Burton and I'd like to thank Michael Burton as well for getting helping put this together yeah. And thank you, Kurt, for, for coming on KABU. And uh, I strongly admonish everyone to get this book because I'm going to have to go get it. Michael posted a link online, and uh, I've already read maybe 14 at least, I think, of the poems. You have 39 in there, and I really want to read the rest of them because this is pretty amazing
0: yeah.
1: and very different kind of stuff you read prose poems as well as uh long narrative pieces and uh shorter pieces like the one you just read which reads like a parody of open mic cafes i might say <laughs> yeah yeah
0: yeah i just letting the k listeners know you know yeah i i hope that you support a, a small portland press here with matote uh, Michael Burton, and and I'm very honored that he thought of me to to incl- you know get this collection together, and I I think it's you know I really enjoyed writing it, and and it, to see it in its actual book form is it's always amazing to see that, and it it is available at Powell's um, if if you're so happen to be downtown or in that area, uh, you know you can stop in and pick it up there, and if you're further out. Uh, in, in the North Bay here where I live is uh, Sausalito Books by the Bay. And just like it sounds, Sausalito Books by the dot com one word. If you find your way to the 2023 events, I'm giving a, a reading there soon. And uh, there's a, a form there where you can fill out. And the great thing about them too is it's free shipping. <laughs> <laughs> You know the favorite shipping. So if you don't make it down to Powell's, you know, in Portland, uh and and you're further out or something or you, you can't get out, you know, you can certainly order from Sausalito Books by the Bay. And uh, you know, they don't charge for shipping, which is a great thing. So, you know, I, I thank all of you that listened and uh yeah, uh no lukewarm water, but you know, hey, I'm